We're going to go live, Coach. All right, so mm-hmm. now, Coach, I don't want you introducing yourself because I'm going to interview you. Okay. Now, guys, let me just tell you that Coach is a very private gentleman. He does not... Um, He's very affable and fun, but also very serious about his work. And he's like a ninja. If you can picture that, uh, he's hard to read. Um, People, they just can't figure him out. So the fact that I get to interview him, this is exciting. You'll probably learn more about Coach than you're ever going to learn ever again. I did send him the questions because I just thought you know he just needs to know what I'm going to ask him so um I'm, I'll introduce myself and we're going to dive in uh with coach because you know he'll introduce himself when we get to that first question but my name is Sherry Wilson owner of Genius Owl Limited Company and I like to make people's lives easier and better through lots of services but especially time management I love time management um but to give you a little bit of background, Coach Greg and I initially started working together. Um, He did my quiz, brand personality quiz. He's a magician. And so that means he's very inspirational. Um, He loves like quotes. And uh, he also has um, a passion, fascination advantage, which means he um, loves like color and uh, tactile and you know, beauty, like even like the mountains and the forest, like he needs those things. And it was funny when I um, met with him the first time in his gym, I walk in and I've got this information and I see that, you know, he's got the quotes, but I'm like, what the H-E double hockey sticks is up with that blue wall? Because he's like a blue wall (laughs) all the way across. Of course, I didn't say it out loud, but as we got to visiting and I, I felt pretty comfortable. I was like, hey, we got to change this wall. And so sure enough, I knew, I knew what color he'd paint it. And it was orange. And I was like, perfect. And then uh, we just, you know, continued to evolve in our work. I did kettlebell training with him for a while. And then um, we started our uh, Fast 45s. We would tag team at the chamber. And, uh, and what's funny is I just did a Fast 45 with the lady, but I don't know her well. So I just had her go first. You know, if coach was there, it would have been bam, 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 bam. We would have been going back and forth. But with her, I'm like, you just do you. And then once I figure out your style, we might tag team. But um, it was really good. And uh, and then we started our coaching intensives. And uh, that was just development of it initially started off as a mastermind. And when we got done, we're like, oh, no, we need to rethink this. We need to go to something totally different. So it's a coaching intensive where people spend 90 days with us. And we just really get into the nuts and bolts, the sub, the habits that are required to um, have the life you want. And uh, we've got some other things in the uh, pipeline as well. Uh, Life has thrown a few curveballs. Um, but that's kind of how it happened. And I remember one day when he still lived here, I asked him, I said, what do you think about doing a podcast? And we just kicked it off. We did it in his, uh, gym, almost froze to death. Uh, cause I think it was <laughs> winter <laughs> and, um, but it was awesome. And so we've been working together now. Well, I don't know. I mean, it was pre COVID. So what, since 2019 or yeah, as a matter of fact, we started working before um, 
COVID started individual, you know, we started working together before COVID started. Yeah. COVID kicked off and everything happened, turned the world upside down. And then we transitioned into something else as a way to support the community. And then we've just been, we've just basically been riding the wave of change ever since. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, all right. First question. Um, actually it's a, a request, you know, go ahead and, uh, you know, introduce yourself if you want, coach, but describe your work. And when I ask you to describe your work, I definitely don't want a resume. I want to know what you do, but also how it's unusual. Cause like I've, you know, I've told you coach, I've met a lot of people that do the work you do and they are crazier than, (laughs) I don't even have a descriptor. They're nuts. And you told me that a lot of times people that have gone through a lot of stuff, they get into your field, your uh, area of expertise to help people because they know what that feels like, but they don't deal with their own stuff. So coach is very unusual in his approach and he's very unusual that he's stable. At least he's led me to believe he's stable for the last four to five years. (laughs) But yeah, coach, describe your work and why it's so unique and effective. Um, Well, I would say that when I think about my approach to work, it's really more of a coaching process, right? And even though as a clinically licensed um, professional with diagnostic privileges, I still find that I could never really be the expert of someone else's life, right? I'm always looking into, not out of. I have no idea the journey that they've been on, you know, the challenges they're faced. I mean, there's, it's really um, like deep waters. So I'm actually looking at the expert of their own lives. Mm. So when the client comes to me and whatever capacity that is, are they working on, you know, business projects? Are they working on their health? Uh, Some other kind of relationships Um, or just individual personal, you know, journey and fulfillment, it doesn't really matter. It's still, for me, it's like, what do you want? Um, What's happening in your life? Where are you struggling? And again, it doesn't really matter what area it is. Because, I mean, as a transdisciplinary scholar, I mean, I'm used to working across different academic and, you know, professional disciplines. Yeah. So really it's a system for me. I mean, I treat everything as being interconnected. So that might be the the innovative piece. There's really nothing that's separate uh, to me from the individual, the work, the relationships, the health, um, what they're doing, what they aspire to. So coaching would be the large umbrella um, that would describe my work. Innovative, inspirational, um, you know, and committed really mm-hmm. to helping them fulfill what their dreams are. So I think that would, you know, kind of like describe my work, you know, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. Cause like, if you think about how everything's connected and you work in a, you know, a systems based approach, mm-hmm. it's not someone like going to sit down with a counselor or psychiatrist or psychologist where they're just focused on this one 
area or this one issue that they want to overcome. The way uh, coach works, and I would say in, in my coaching, although I don't have the credentials that he has, it's always connected in uh, all the areas. You can't separate them. And, oh. you know, you might have, like I've mentioned in a podcast before, where I wouldn't have live events. And I didn't know why I wouldn't have live events until I remembered a birthday party I had where I targeted the wrong market. And that's why mm-hmm. no one came, right? And so mm-hmm. it's, but that was hindering my work, my profession. And mm-hmm. uh, so that's how coach is. He knows that life is built around systems and he's able to pinpoint the ones that are no longer serving people well. I will say too that he doesn't put up with BS either. So if you don't handle your business, then he'd be like, see you on the flip side. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if I wanted to say that part. <laughs> I said it for you, coach. Um, there you go. Okay, so the next question is, what motivated you in your choice of work? Wow, so that's a good one. So now we're um, we're taking a journey back, mm-hmm. okay? <clears throat> so I, I'm one of these type that believe that as children growing up, um, we have affinity for things. And if we're fortunate enough in our home and early home environments, we have people that sort of recognize that. And I was just this kid that seemed to have ability to hear people talking, in this case, adults. And it was like an existential thing. Um, It's like, they're not happy but it's not necessarily related to if I have a job or not, right? Like there were other things that I could just hear in conversations. Um, But as a young person growing up, you spend a lot of time listening and not really talking and understanding my role as a young child that there's just certain questions you don't ask, but you still listen and you take notes. And that just stuck with me. And and I'm going to say, because I just had a natural affinity to be able to just hear that. It's like, you know, I can hear this person talking, but I can also hear something else that's not being said. And as I would, as I grew older, I would start to ask questions in the space of the unasked question. Yeah. Right. And then people would start to you know, I've never said that to anyone, or I never thought about this that way. Um, But again, I just kept going along that path. It was like, and as I grew up, it became much more, you know, articulate for me. It's like, it was clarified. I understood what that was. Like, I have the ability to hear people talk about things that they don't mention but they're very important in their life and it has and it has a profound impact on their happiness and the things that they're going to do in their life with the, the selection of work, the partner, the family, whatever that is. And um, and I just kept going in that direction. And then, you know, you know, business, of course, I was an accounting and computer science major. You know, we all have to make sure that we know how to count pennies and save money. But that was sort of like a plan B. Yeah. And plan A was my mission is to help people to find things that help them to be happy. And I realized when I looked at my own life, it was different than a lot of the my contemporaries. I didn't want the same things that they wanted. 
And um, when I recognized it didn't mean I was odd, <laughs> I realized much clearly, much more clearly than what that was. It's like, you know what? I really loved life and the path that I'm on. And despite its challenges, it's very rewarding for me. And the feedback that would come to me over the years is that I found that people were trying to do the same things in, in their own way. Yeah. And I just kept going down this line. And so things like counseling, psychology, and of course, all of the what we call esoteric and, um, you know, quantum, you know, mechanics, all of those things, they just sort of like came into my life and they started making sense. And, you know, here I am. Yeah. Right. So it's a, it's sort of a kaleidoscope of a number of different things, but that's what it takes for someone like me to work with such a diverse population that I do. And I really do. I mean, I work with, <laughs> I work with all kinds of people. I work with a bouquet of different types of people on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so after the accounting and um, all that, did you then go back to school for the other part or had you already started that too? Oh, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I would continue on. I mean, you know, um, you know, getting my uh, uh, bachelor's degree in organizational learning and instructional technologies. I mean, I think I probably have about four or five degrees. Um, that's my bachelor's degree. And then, of course, I got a master's in counseling and um and working and, uh, on your PhD uh, now, right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, so I've been independently licensed. So I've diagnosed and treated. I've been doing that for like 17 years. And now I'm um, in the doctoral program. I'm completing a journey that started a long time ago, right? Mm -hmm. and, um, and I'm getting that doctorate in regenerative leadership. I'm expected to graduate um, this time. Well, next May, I'll be done with all the coursework. So I've done a four-year program in three years, so that's been intense. Right? So May of 2024 or May of 2025? May of 2025. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. So what is your proudest achievement? It doesn't have to be work unless it is. What's your, your proudest achievement? Wow. That's a great question. I mean, there's been so many different things in my life that I'm grateful for. I'm going to say that the first thing that comes to my mind is having a great relationship with my son. Okay, that's 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 the first thing that bounces off my head. I have an awesome relationship with my son and that just that makes me happy because everything I do, I get to share with him, right? Yeah. Like we're preparing we're preparing uh um to go on our first hunting trip together, right? Yeah. A uh, big game elk hunting trip. I'm really excited about that. Um, so I would say that that is probably something that really stands out to me. Yeah. Other than that, I'd have to say, um, just staying on the path that I'm on, um, so that I can be of service to the community, you know, not having my, my educational process, my goals disrupted. Right. So you can see as much as I love that professional lifestyle, you can see where it fits when it comes to my family. Right. It's sort of like it's on the second rung. Yeah. <laughs> and when coach says, you know, um, so he could be service of service to the community. That's not a a canned response. He uh, you know, a lot of people will say that and they don't mean it. And they're actually 
there for their own benefit, but coach is definitely one that I have seen uh, lives up to that. And that uh, having, you know, not allowing your goals to be disrupted. I mean, if you think about it, you've got a 17 years you've been doing this work and then you um, enter into your doctoral program. That's part of your goals. And uh, so it's, it's a lifetime thing. And I think listeners sometimes forget, you know, it's a lifetime thing. You don't just go through one thing and then, Oh, I'm done. Let's move on to the next. And I'd like to throw this in there real quick. So that work has also um, opened up doors for international contacts and relations. Mm -hmm. So now I'm, you know, I'm, I speak internationally with other, you know, scholars, um, people in various professions. And that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm still doing that community work. But now the the, the journey seems to be taking me across the waters, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, but I'm, I'm grateful to be in a position to be able to serve. Otherwise, um, none of this is happening. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what is the scariest thing you've ever done and why? <laughs> okay, you know, I've been thinking about that question. Um, I'm going to say... I think the scariest thing I've ever done was my great white shark cage dive. I figured, <laughs> yep. I was like, I bet it's going to be that. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to think if there was anything else that was different in that. It was like, no, it's not. Um, why was it scary? Well, first of all, you know, you know, traveling um, on the boat, you know, we're going to be about 30 miles um, off the coast of San Francisco. Right. Um, Fairlong Islands. And my son is a real big guy, tall. And he's like, Dad, let's sit out here on the front of the boat. And, uh, you know, as we're going in, and, you know, there's waves and stuff like that. And I thought, son, I, I don't think I can do that because I'm not as tall as you and I can't reach the, I can't sit down and have my feet up against the railing so I won't fly out overboard. I said, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to make that. So I have to stand here by the door. So we we really had to chuckle about that. We watched other people get sick. We didn't get sick at all. And then as soon as we got to the to the areas where the seal colony was, yeah. I could feel myself shaking in my um, suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it was the scariest thing in the world when I had to get in the water. Now, why did I do that? Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. So I am one, you know, I'm experiential. Yeah. Um, I'm just that kind of person. If there's something that I want to do in my life, it's like, let's do this. So I've been watching Shark Week for years. And then finally, I was like, what is the experience of actually doing that? Yeah. And then I thought, you know, I'm I'm tired of this. I am not going to be a TV guy talking about something that I've never experienced. So I said, I'm doing it. I'm taking my family with me, although I'm the only one that's going in the water. And I wanted to know what was that experience really like? And the message is there's always a difference between the actual experience and talking about an experience that you've never had. Right. And that's 
what our work is, right? Yeah. We speak from experience, not just from theoretical concepts. So I'm an outdoors person in general. I love nature, but that was one of those things that called to me, right? Yeah. And it it forced me to be able to look at things like, well, you know, you can swim a little bit, but you're not going to be able to swim out here. And what happens if the if something happens to the shark cage and you sink down to, you know, to the bottom? I had all of those things going on. I mean, I was scared beyond H-E-double-L hockey sticks, right? <laughs> you know, um, I don't even know if I could say everything that was happening in my mind on this interview. But I found out when I came up out of the water, I was the only one in the shark cage because everybody else had freaked out and got out of it. <laughs> right? Interesting. Yeah. Exactly. I was scared to go in, but once I got in the water, it took me a while to open my eyes because um, I was just scared to death. But yeah, they actually, once I was in there, I was in the experience. I'm looking, you know, seals flying by and I'm like, oh, you know, I learned a lot of lessons, but one of them was, that I was the last man standing. Mm -hmm. I was the last man in the um in the shark cage and I was not an experienced diver. I was the scared one. Right? That's interesting the, too. Yeah. The, yeah, the experienced guy was the one that came out of the water first. I can't take it. I can't take it. And my wife Laura Lee, she was she had a look on her face that I knew she loved me but she did not want me going in that water. Yeah. She, she was not, she did not. I, she, she was a champ. And when I came up, I could see it in her eyes. And, and I was like, I'm okay. Right. Yeah. And my son was, of course, like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't, that's crazy. Ass. On that, like when you're, you were in there, I mean, obviously there, you know, would be, you know, some fear because of the situation. But once you like settled down, I almost imagine that it was like peaceful and quiet. It did. It was very peaceful and quiet. But it, at the same time, it was, I want to say sudden. And I mean like all of a sudden. You know, when we walk around in shoes and socks and all this kind of stuff in our everyday world, there's just things that we don't think about because we live in a world that for the most part can be anticipated. Mm -hmm. right? You're at a stoplight. You can look and see if somebody is going to slow down or not before you you decide to go on the green, right? Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, that person doesn't look like they're going to stop. Mm -hmm. So even though you have the green, you wait because you can see. Yeah. When you're in the water, when you're in the ocean in particular, um, especially Pacific, you don't have a lot of distance that you can actually see. Yeah. I mean, like, really like at the end of your hand. Okay. So things happen all of a sudden. So when a sea lion went past the cage, um, you know, twice as big as me. I mean, this, this thing was huge. The first thing I'm thinking about is there's nothing you could do. You know, everything is on you in the ocean just that quickly. Yeah. Right? It so comes out of nowhere, literally. It does. So it stops you from all the things that you think about when you're sitting on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Good analogy. 
on the couch, you have all kinds of strategies. When you're in that space and you're looking around and your heart's beating and you're trying to make out what you see and then something just comes out of nowhere, you realize it's like, oh. And, you know, of course, I would have that same experience, you know, many years later on an elk hunt, right? I remember you saying yeah. And you just learn when you're in nature, you're not the big boss. Right. Probably be good for everybody to experience those things. Yeah, it does. It does. But it was a terrific experience. And it taught me one, uh, you know, how to appreciate the world as a whole and my place in it. Mm -hmm. Right. That's good. So I was really grateful for that. That's good. Okay. What is the core value or values that you conduct life and business by? Okay. So when you first asked that question, I had to, you know, sit on it for a couple of days because of my approach to life, right? Um, So for me, I would say that my core values are integrity, a commitment to client excellence and success, and innovative professional service. I would say those represent, you know, my core values, Um, starting with integrity first. Um, my word is the greatest currency I'll ever have. Yep. And the words then are attached to the thought and the action. And when those are not matching up, then for me, you don't have integrity. So for me, what I say, what I think, and what I do are designed to achieve specific things for the client. It's like one, my commitment to their excellence and their success, and then innovative because I come from a unique perspective, um, a living system perspective when it comes to business and relationship and life in general. Yeah, I like that. So the uh, the second one, commitment, it, it is commitment to client excellence and success. That's right. Okay, I like it. All right, good. We can add those to your LinkedIn, Coach. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> what brings you the most joy? First, doing everything that I can to embrace the blessing that I have been given in this life. That's first. And my ability to help other people, including my family, okay, to live the life that they dream for themselves, that those are the things that make me happy. When clients come back and it's like, I've done this coach, I get a call, it doesn't matter where they are in the world, hey, I'm doing this and that. Um, I feel myself lift off the ground, right? Yeah. Like, this is what I was, this is what I was here for. I am, I have joy in, in doing what I'm called to do, right? Because I'm, I'm always rewarded for that. So I don't really think about it in terms of what I'm getting out of it. But when I look up and somebody is happy, when somebody calls me up and it's like, coach, can you help me with this? And then I give them something and, and then they reach out to me and they say, Hey, look, I want to thank you. Or or like yesterday, I had somebody reach out to me and it's like, look, you've been on my mind. I know it's been a couple of years. Um, do you have a few words for me or something like that? And to be 
someone that other people can believe in, they can trust, um, is a phenomenal joy for me, mm -hmm. right? That somebody would trust you into their lives to help them with something that maybe nobody else knows. Yeah. Yeah, that is, I would say that has to be, um, I don't know if that's one, two or three, <laughs> two. but those are the things that are, <laughs> there you go. So it's like, one is a hard number for me, I guess, isn't it? You know, I, it, yeah, I would probably have several answers, but <clears throat> that one on, um, the ability to help others live the life they dream for themselves. That is why we do what we do. Actually. I mean, that is the core statement. That is the, that's, um, just really our oxygen. And, um, I love it too. It's like when someone, you know, says, Hey, I was able to finally do this after 10 years of never been able to do it, you know, whatever it is, whether it's to achieve a dream or a habit or, you know, it just, it, there's nothing like it. Okay. Absolutely. So this is the last one as far as the questions. Um, I've had others, but I didn't want to throw any curveballs at Coach. We're trying to maintain his mysterious persona. Um, okay, so what is one piece of advice you'd give our listeners? Research. Mm. Research. You know, we live in times where we are inundated with information and a lot of times information can come to us from you know sources that we like to think that we can trust but not exactly sure yeah you know when it comes to certain things because pressure can affect individuals very differently yeah okay and you just never know so to the listener, I would say that your your life, your happiness, your fulfillment is dependent upon the quality of the decisions that you make. Yep. And the, the, the best decisions are going to be those that are supported with research um, to the extent that you can. Yep. I like to say that before I can have faith in something, I need to make sure that I've done everything that I've actually can first. Because once I get to where the road ends, that's when I know, okay, now this is where the universe shows up. But I've done everything that I needed to do to this point. Yeah. And that is studying to show yourself approved. That's one way to be able to say it, right? But I'm saying that we live in a world where what you don't know, what you don't research could impact your ability to live the life you want to live. Yeah. So if there's something that is really important to you that you hang your hat on, or if you will, then make sure that you know um, everything that you can know about that situation and the sit and the other factors that are connected to it so that your knowledge is a scaffolding for you, that it can really support you in the next decisions that you're making. So yeah, yeah research, that would be my advice to the listeners, always research. And we've discussed that a lot. We've never gone to the depths that um, are hidden under that word um, mm -hmm. on our live podcast. But, you know, we have touched that there are narratives out there and whoever controls the narrative is looking for a specific outcome. So we've got to make sure that we're not there 
lab rats and yeah. that we research the things that, uh, you know, maybe we feel pressure or we're fearful or the things that we want to do to make sure it's actually the things that we want to do. That's right. So there's a lot behind that word. And maybe one day we'll go into the tinfoil hat situation where it's not really tinfoil hat. But um, there you go. All right. Well, Coach, is there anything else you can think of? That's all the questions I've got for you. Well, I want to say thank you very much. Um, I appreciate it. Um, You didn't. (laughs) I didn't have to unveil everything yet. Right. (laughs) So that's good. And not that, um, you know, the clients like, no, he's not some kind of strange law breaking guy. But Mm -mm. um, but I am that kind of person that, you know, I come out to do the work that I'm I do for the world. And when I'm not doing that, I tend to disappear. And um, Gandalf. That's right. You know, it's like, you know, where is he? He is in the forest somewhere. Bilbo's looking around. Where's Gandalf? (laughs) Exactly. So I really appreciate it. Um, And uh, I want to say thank you so much. It was actually pleasant. Good. Me a lot. <laughs> I'm not too bad, am I, as far as an interviewer and stuff? I'm very no, cognizant. I, I, I thought that was really good. I like the way you just <laughs> carried me in there nicely and, um, you know, a great setup. So, yeah. And um, check me out. Um, I'm around. We're updating my LinkedIn so people can find out a little bit more about the professional work that I do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, um, Yeah. So I think that's it for me for today. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to let everybody know that next week I will, and coach, letting you know that I'll be in Texas recording our uh, true crime mini series, Guilty or Not Guilty, on Outline of a Murder, if any of our listeners Mm -hmm. like true crime. And so we will not have an episode next week. And then um, uh, we'll see if coach comes up with any questions. He's pretty busy for me. Um, Maybe once he graduates or he might come up with something. Uh, but I do have an idea for our next one, so I'll discuss that with him. But um, I'm going to recommend a book to give our listeners out there a clue to what it might be, and it's called Deep Work. You can get it on Amazon, and I was reading it um, this past week, and I'm like, it should be Deep Work by Coach Greg McNeil, because that is what he does and how he lives. So I'm like, we are going to discuss this. So no episode next week. Everybody have a great couple of weeks. And we've got my email address in the show notes if you want to contact us with any questions, feedback, etc. All right, Coach, 